Hi, I'm Fiona Daru, and you're listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast, and this is my episode on physicality. Nice! <laughs> Prof Conspiracy Podcast with your host, Bronnie. Hello, my friends. Welcome back for another week. I hope you're well. I am well. Uh, thank you for hoping that back in my direction. Very kind of you. I'll tell you what's not well today, and that's the audio quality of this episode. All of these episodes so far have been done on Zoom, which I'm sure you figured out, and that's not the perfect situation, but we have managed because I figure as long as one channel is consistent in quality, we can deal with the varied quality of the other channel. Some guests have microphones, some guests are just basically shouting out their window in my direction and hoping that I'll catch it. Um, but today, the consistent channel was uh, failed me uh, because it came out all hissy and janky and I've done my best to clean it up but it still smells like I'm in a toilet. Smells? <laughs> I meant sounds. Uh, they both go to the brain for processing, don't they? I don't know, how's brain work? It's a mystery. Um, no one knows. Anyway, we'll persevere because we have the lovely Fiona Daru on this episode saying some great stuff, so make sure you deal with this audio, okay? Um, Fiona is talking about physicality, using your impulse to inform your intellect, uh, to find the fun of the scene and your character. Who is she? She's a performer and a teacher at the Improv Conspiracy. She's a writer, actor, comedian. She's so funny. I love watching her play. She's so good. Uh, so much so that when I perform with her, sometimes I'll just leave her on stage to play alone because I know we'll all get to laugh together at her work. Also in this episode, in lieu of a scene, I asked Fiona to just do a monologue using physicality to start her off. And that's what she's done for us. Here she is, Fiona Daru. Something that I'm passionate about with improv is using physicality to inform your characters. I think that it helps in lots of different ways. So first of all, I think it really helps when you feel like you have no ideas or nothing to start from. Often we find ourselves standing on the sidelines and like students in class, but also performers in Harold's and everything, thinking I've gone completely blank. I have no idea of what to do now. Um, and the best way to do that is to get out of that, I find, is to literally just pick a physicality and just step onto the stage and see what happens. Because ultimately in that moment, you're so stuck up in your head. And the more you try and think about a good idea, the further and the deeper, the deeper that you get into your head <laughs> and the further away you get from whatever is happening on the stage. So um, I do it a lot in our King George shows, especially as well, because there's it's so organic as well. I'll just sort of, it doesn't have to be a full body physicality, just think of like, um, I don't know, maybe I'll poke my bottom lip out in a funny way or um, have a, a one hip feels higher than the other hip or something like that. And then just step out onto the stage and just listen to how that makes you feel, how that informs the rest of your body. So if if I like feel like my bottom lip is poking out a bit far and then I feel like it makes me talk differently and then it makes my head come forward and my shoulders come up. 
<laughs> and then just like start from there. And then um, it feels sometimes you might think, oh, well, that's just going to feel like I'm just taking ages up, like taking up lots of time on stage or something. But it always feels longer than it looks like. I think from the audience perspective, that just looks like a person coming out and living in a space, which is another really good aspect of using physicality to inform your characters is that it really grounds you in in the space um I find that like a it's a good way to start a scene but it's also a good way to ground yourself in the middle of the scene um if you feel like you're sort of drifting away or you're trying to think of the next thing to say using your body and listening and feeling your body can really help you to come back down to earth and just live in the, in the scene for a minute um, without worrying so much about what you're supposed to say and what's the clever thing to do because your, your body will inform your feelings and it'll tell you what to say. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, it's really about trusting that your body will, that your body is right, basically, and trusting that if you step onto the stage with no grand ideas, your body will guide you. Your body will move regardless. You're not going to faint or fall off the stage. Um, your body will keep moving and eventually your mind and your emotions will catch up with that. And also I think it really helps to lead to truthful performance because like to portray a character, you have to, you have to feel the character. You have to be that character. You, I think a lot, a lot of time we, I, like I really think a lot about this distinction between playing an idea of a character and actually playing a character. So obviously we all have opinions on people and we can't help that. Um, and we want to play a whole varied range of different people on stage. Um, but we can't do that authentically if we're playing a judgmental idea of that person whether that be a positive or a negative judgment, either way, I think that we can use our bodies to actually get into actually feeling like that person. Like, for example, you might think, like I might think that everybody that works in, um, works in finance is super wanky and up themselves, <laughs> which I don't because my boyfriend does and I think it's lovely. <laughs> but for example, I might think that. Um, and then if I want to play somebody that works in finance, I'm not going to walk out as Fianna playing an idea, like a judgment of, oh, I work in finance. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to work, walk out because that person, think, they think they're great. That yeah. person thinks I'm, I'm great. I'm living my best life. I'm doing my best. This is fabulous. So I'm going to walk out as that person is just firing off the cuff. Everything's great. Like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what's best for the world. Um, because <laughs> that's what that person is in, in my mind. Like, that's, that's my idea of that character. Um, and I'm embodying it rather than projecting it, I guess. so good it's something that comes up all the time like um be the character don't tell us about the character like yeah um you know like those sorts of scenes where you might see i mean this is a shitty example but it's like well if uh you know then why am i wearing this hat <laughs> you know like the character will be like referencing himself yeah and yeah it's like yeah. what no no one's doing that yeah no one would ever really say that yeah 
So it's like you just got to know that you're wearing that hat and see how that informs <laughs> informs you. Exactly, yeah. And if nobody ever finds out that you're wearing that hat, then mm. that's okay. Yeah, because it's the it's the wearing of it that's making that you it's making you act differently and hold your head differently and all sorts. Of yeah, things. it's for you. It's not for anyone else. Exactly, and those results, like the, the what everybody sees you do as a result of you wearing that hat, is so much more enjoyable and so much funnier than you just saying, oh, but what about the hat? Because <laughs> that'll get like a laugh and people be like, oh, that's funny, he's wearing a hat. And then you just completely shattered the scene. Yeah, totally. You've gone out of the moment and into yeah. the idea that you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, this, the, just the, I loved what you said about no judgment on the character. It's just because that character isn't judgmental of themselves. Uh, the best thing you can do is be truthful for them and, um, let the audience make the call or let the other people in the scene make the call on what that person is like. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we do, I think, as improvisers. And it comes up a lot when we're tackling like taboo topics and risky characters and stuff. You still like in order to, to get the, the best sort of portrayal of that situation, you need to be truthful of the risky characters <laughs> um, in order for the other person to call that, call that out. That's putting trust in your scene mates as well. That they'll yeah they'll look after the show while you play an asshole if you, if you want yeah to. exactly. <laughs> um, you also like you mentioned King George and uh, I was thinking about this before I called you uh, because I knew we were going to talk about physicality, and then I realised that maybe um, you are the mo- like in terms of ratio, you're the person. I've left out on stage alone more than anyone else I've ever played with. (laughs) Um, And not because, and there's a, there's a big distinction between like, you know, I would never uh, suggest a level one student or even a level four student uh, leave their teammates out on stage alone because it's brutal. But when there's a level, when there's a level of trust, um, a, that you know that uh, we're leaving you out there on purpose yeah and, and b we're leaving you out there because we want to see what you do um yeah. i think then that if you have a relationship that that allows that then it can have some really cool results and why i'm bringing that up is because um correct me if i'm wrong but i think you pretty much every time we do that you just are going to your physicality and seeing what happens right yeah exactly <laughs> And it's almost always hilarious. I mean, it is always hilarious. It's so much fun. I, I love those moments. One time we left you on one knee and you, the, your, monologue went for, your monologue went for about four minutes. That was so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely using my physicality in those moments. Like, I'm... Um, you can't think for four minutes straight. You have to try. You have to let your body do the talking at that point. Like your body, you said this earlier. Your body is funnier than you. Or you, you said your body knows uh, the answer or, or knows what to say. Yeah. But I, but I think our bodies are funnier than our minds, and like they have better comedic timing if we just listen to them. Yeah, Even definitely. all the way down to like when a scene needs to be edited. Like your body knows before your brain does. Yeah, definitely. And your brain's actually the one that screws it up all the time. Like mm. your brain's the one that goes, "Oh, no, I'll give him I'll give him another chance to get a laugh or whatever." 
Yeah. But really, it's your feet that are like, no, no, this thing's yeah. done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it's like your body is playing at the speed that the, at the speed of the scene. Like your yeah. the, your body's pace is the pace of the scene. Yeah. And then sometimes in our mind, like our egos or our brains get in the way and want to make it go for a bit longer or yeah. chuck something in here or end it too soon even sometimes. The thing that um, people can often be sceptical about is like, you know, we have, especially in the type of improv that we do, we're looking for the game of the scene a lot and that sort of thing. And maybe, maybe even we're doing a narrative show that needs to have some sort of through line. Or we're doing a Harold where we need to keep um, some ideas or some characters alive. And then we talk so much about like uh, staying in the moment and not worrying so much about what's right and blah, blah, blah. And that seems antithetical to like, you need to know what the game of the scene is and heighten it and whatever. So like, what do you do in a scene once you, because you're obviously living in the scene impulsively and like listening to your body. And then are you like storing information and trusting that it'll be there later or how do you navigate that yeah definitely I think um I definitely think as much as I'm like pushing and championing physicality right now there's definitely it's still a balance like there's absolutely you need to have that um those thoughts coming through and I think something that I do is just trying to remember details so um and again, like with our King George shows, because they go for quite a long time, <laughs> um, it's so satisfying if you can remember little details throughout and then bring those back around, um, I guess, as a way of holding that game and that storyline together um, at the same time as being grounded in the scene physically and, and truthfully. I find, to me, the most satisfying moments like the most satisfying callbacks uh um you know if the show is a king george show and we're we're in minute 45 and suddenly the best tie-in ever has presented itself i do actually think that a lot of the time that is just um the coalescence of us all being in the sort of flow state like um i'm not always like searching i think actually when i'm searching for the right callback or the right tie-in then i do some pretty lackluster things but sometimes like the best sorts of shows are when i'm just flying by the seats of my seat of my pants and it's like a callback sort of zooms past my face and i'm like oh that one like that one from earlier and it's like a, a theater god just went like hey remember this thing i totally agree and i think that that comes from um like you said, like being in that flow state and you can't get into that state in that group mind without living through your body. Um, I think that living in our bodies and really like, cause what it means to like, to play in that physical space is to really tune in and have like, be so aware and so like listening so deeply to your body that you're also doing it to your teammates. So it, um, it just opens you up so much, gets you out of your head and opens you up to, it opens up your awareness to yourself and your teammates. And so you're just like moving as this one sort of crazy ball of energy. <laughs> um, and then the, like, the more training you have and the more you can sort of think of these ideas along the way and listen to what's happening, you can sort of make it, I don't know, clever or whatever, but like it's, 
yeah, it's about listening to each other and just working as one, one energy. As one gives. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as accountant as that sounds. Yeah. <laughs> now for a practical nugget. Okay, so my practical tip after all of that is um, something that I do a lot. I've always done a lot at home and especially at the moment, we can probably do it a lot at home because we're all at home all the time, um, is to just do exactly what I sort of mentioned at the start of like, just like be be at home, be in the space, whatever, and just like take a, a little element of your body and adjust it in a certain way and, and see what that, how that physically makes you feel. And then just practice developing a character from there, just, just at home. Like you can do it in the mirror or you can just do it not in the mirror um, and see what that lead, leads to in terms of like what, how your thoughts start moving, what you start thinking, what words you want to start saying, maybe in what voice they're going to come out in. And then just like live as a different character for a bit at home. I do that all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess what I had, um, I had, uh, had wheat for breakfast. Um, what I like about them is, is the, uh, the texture, you know, because it can change a lot. And to start with, you, you got a crispy. But then it goes on and on and it, and it gets real soft and that's, and that's why I don't like it, so I put it down and move it aside and I said, I won't eat it. And I haven't eaten three days since. I, I'm hungry but like I can't bring myself to do it, you know what I mean? I can't bring myself, it's the texture about it. there you have it my friends the delightful fiana deru thank you fiana uh, I'll just reiterate what I mentioned during the show, and that's please don't leave your scene partner or teammate or new classmate especially out on stage alone unless you've absolutely established trust and support with one another first. Log some hours, log some uh, scenes where you've stepped out together instantly. Uh, just log some time laughing together before you start leaving each other out on stage alone. Um, because it can often be uh, misunderstood by the person who's being left on stage alone if it's not first uh, established that we all uh, adore each other and trust each other and find each other funny. Um, I've certainly been left out on stage for good reasons and I've definitely been left out on stage um, for bad reasons, such as, you know, early on I'm not very good and people don't want to join me because they're scared I'll ruin their precious scene or they're scared their scene will be hard or they won't get their laughs today because they're doing a scene with little Bronny. Um, but FYI, you're not that much better than me if you can't make a scene work with me just because I'm not very good. Come make me better, please. Come help me get better. 
Um, so you should be willing to step out with everyone, especially if you think yourself a pretty good improviser. Then step out on stage with absolutely anyone um, and step out with them instantly, especially please in classes. Step out with your seammates. Um, you'll see their, their confidence just starts beaming out their eyes when they are joined instantly. They don't have to get out there and, you know, offer the perfect initiation line before someone steps out. Um, get out there with them, all right? Please. <laughs> and then once you've established a trust, do whatever the hell you want. Be weird with each other. Um, make magic happen. Um, please, do whatever you want, but trust each other first. Um, I'm taking questions. If you have any, uh, you can email me at bronny at improvconspiracy.com. Uh, I'd love to answer some questions. I'd also love to pitch some questions to our guests. So feel free to ask any question you want about improv through that email address. I do have a question from uh, Emily that's come in uh, asking about tips for editing. And my main tip is pretty simple on editing. It's just know that your foot is funnier than you. Uh, we've all seen it, the improviser flinch where uh, someone's foot knew that the scene was supposed to end so it nearly ran across the stage. Uh, but their brain got in the way and was maybe trying to be polite and let the improvisers get another laugh in or something. Um, but your foot knew that the scene had to go. And what else happened in that moment was everyone saw you do the flinch and now the energy in the room is dipping anyway because they all saw you flinch. And if they've never seen an improv show before, they're either thinking, uh, oh, what is that person going to do? Uh, if they have seen an improv show before, they're thinking uh, that person was about to edit and they didn't edit. But we're all looking at you and the energy has dipped, and if we're now trying to let this, the improvisers, you know, find a new laugh or, or get a good climax to the scene, it's very difficult for them because the energy uh, is pointed at you. Uh, so just edit the scene, and also people are, are rarely upset that their scene got edited, right? Some people are relieved because they had no gas left and they just wanted to go and you let them go and others are delighted because you edited them while they were still slaying and they didn't get a chance to lose energy in their scene. So they got edited on a high note. And that's the main technical thing, like edit on a high note. Like the scene's been on for a couple of minutes. Uh, try to get that apex laugh when the, when, you know, the crowd is loudest, the, the big like relieving laugh. Edit then. Leave us wanting more, especially leave us wanting more because if it's a Harold, for example, you want to be able to bring the game back later and it not be completely played out. Um, so don't wait until they heighten to the absolute highest point it can possibly be. If you're in a first beat, get it, let them get a couple of hits in and get rid of it so they can bring it back later and slay some more. And that's all I, that's all I think uh, I care about with editing. Um, the, main, the main point is just bloody follow your feet. Your feet are funny, which sort of speaks to what Fiona's been saying all this episode. Anyway, that's enough rambling from me. Uh, please look after yourselves. I'll see you next week. I'm out of catchphrases from Beth, so Beth, if you've got any, send them on. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Improv Conspiracy Podcast. For information about our online comedy writing classes on offer during the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as heavily discounted vouchers for our future improv classes, head to improvconspiracy.com. 